Hello, everyone. Alex here again. For the next few weeks, Ryan and I are still trying to organize our schedules and work out what Season 2 is actually going to be. Unfortunately for you, our dear listeners, that means no content. Well, we had the big brain idea that in the context of our podcast about fanfiction being canon, we would ask some other podcast to host some episodes for us. In a sense, they're creating fanfic episodes about the fanfic show. Or something like that. Who cares? Let's not get too deep with this. Without further ado, I'd like to introduce the Absurdist News Podcast. This is a podcast between three friends, Marks, Max, and Dave, where one host will find news articles to bring to the group, and the others try to tell which ones are fake. We had the pleasure of being on their show for the episode, Max Statistics, Absurdist News, Sharks. We got to read a news article for them to pick apart. It was a lot of fun. After you have made sure to listen to our entire catalog multiple times, or once we really appreciate anything, honestly, please make sure you check them out. I hope you all enjoy and have a lovely day. Thanks. Hello, suck my fanfic. I'm Marks. I'm Max. I'm Dave. And we're not the usual hosts here, but we're from a podcast called Absurdist News, and we're going to be taking over for Alex and Ryan, telling you about some fanfiction. But boys, before we get started into this fanfiction, I wanted to ask you, how familiar are you with fanfiction? Dave, go. What do you think about fanfiction? Uh, awkward sometimes. Very awkward. Go on. That's about it. It's just awkward. Okay, solid <laughs> response. I mean, is there a better way to describe awkward than awkward? I mean, I feel like you could have elaborated on it. More, but you know it's what? Just weird. That's okay. I don't hear a lot of it. I'll say that much, but I know the few I heard. It's been very, very awkward and very dirty. Okay, fair enough, Max. What do you think about fan fiction? I appreciate it as an art form. As an art form. Okay, can you expand upon that, or are, is that just it? No, that's about it. That's the soundbite. <laughs> Man, you guys are killing me today. <laughs> no, it's like, I mean, I, I get why some people get upset about, like, George R. R. Martin. He doesn't like fan fiction. Why doesn't he like, like that's fan my, fiction? That's my intellectual property. Like, if you want to fucking write about something, go make your own enormous world and write about it. That's true. Yeah, but he's that's gotta... hard. And, like, I don't, I don't see why people just can't write stories about, like, the characters they like who already have, like, established personalities and but an I get, established but I world. Get it. But I get it, though. That's his property. Those are his babies, you know? He came up with those ideas. How dare yeah, someone... I under, I understand why. I understand why he's upset. But I also like fan fiction because it's kind of like being a writer without all the bullshit. <laughs> it's like a fast pass to, like, writing and doing... making I stories. Mean, one thing I found interesting is apparently, like, a couple of people who have become writers, uh, they actually started doing fan fiction because instead of having to create the world and the universe and the lore themselves, they can kind of pull some of these elements up and then you insert their own creative ideas. Wasn't that uh, Fifty Shades of Grey? Well, that fanfic? was just a <laughs> Twilight sex fanfic that kind no, of exploded all the, over the internet. Literally. exactly your point. I mean, I guess so. But that, what, that wasn't... Hold on, time out. Okay, F- well. Fifty Shades of Grey was a, was a fanfic at first? Yeah, did you not know this day? No, I don't know anything about Fifty Shades of Grey. Other than it's like a, it's a, the, other than it's a sex book for middle aged women. I'm Fifty Shades of fucked up. Famous line from the movie. Um, yeah, no, it started out as a Twilight fan fiction, 
and basically it got so popular that she just decided to change the names of some of the characters and that's 50 shades of gray for you you in the bondage marks not particularly are you uh all right. All right. Here we go. <laughs> so first, I would like to say something about fan fiction, which I thought was actually really interesting because I feel like I was more on Dave's side of things where I'm just like, man, this is just a bunch of smut and I am good because this is very uncomfortable. But I don't know. After listening to this podcast and kind of reading on some more stuff, I was like, wow, I actually have read some fan fiction before and I didn't realize it was fan fiction. So honestly, I think it's kind of a cool thing, although... Uh, I do kind of see why some people would be pissed about the intellectual property kind of stuff because that's just how it be sometimes, you know? It happens, yeah. I agree. Yeah. Okay. So, are you ready for the fan fiction that I have prepared for you guys? I I'm personally excited. didn't write it, but I found it. Um, the Listen. <laughs> do we have to give the writers credit? Because I don't want us to get sued. Uh, yes, we do. Okay. And I'm going to be talking about all of that uh, as we kind of do that. But... The thing is, is we're going to be talking about Overwatch. Oh, Yay. it's coming out for the Switch now. It is. It is coming Very out topical. for the Switch. This is incredibly topical. Good As a matter of fact, uh, all of us play Overwatch together. Yes, and it's been pretty. Oh, uh, we should we should do that after after the podcast. We should play I mean, a couple okay. games of Overwatch. Yeah, we can do that. That sounds like fun. It does sound like. Fun. Oh, we should we should be playing Overwatch while discussing Overwatch. You know, I feel like that's probably going to be just a little bit crazy. Okay, let's go, let's go, let's go. <laughs> okay, let's do this. Uh, so I've got two stories for you here. And um, basically, I did not know where to look for fan fiction because I have never looked for fan fiction ever. But thankfully, Alex uh, from Suck My Fanfic gave me a site that is called Archive of Our Own. Um, and they put all sorts of fan fiction. So I'm going to start with one. I'm going to read you some of this, and then uh, after some preliminary thoughts, because I feel like there's a good... It, it, you'll see what's going to happen, and then we can transition into the other one. Um, so this one is kind of a fun fan fiction. It's written by Benevolent Erancy, E-R-R-A-N-C-Y, and it's called Lost in Translation. Okay? Oh. So one thing also, too, that I'm going to point out is a lot of people like Genji and Jesse McCree. <laughs> a lot of fan fiction about them. Just being, like, really good buds. Did I say Genji? I meant Hanzo. Oh, yeah, I thought it was Hanzo, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Call you the whole, one. Yeah, like the whole archer and the sharpshooter type thing. And, like, them being, like, buddy cops, essentially. They're hot. So isn't that... Well, it's right. basically rush hour. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. All right. So I'm just going to read some excerpts out of this one, and you guys can react as you see fit. Okay. If you do not stop playing around with that belt, I am going to whip it off you and press you down against the nearest table. Whoa! Genji <laughs> nearly fell off of his stool. Oh, okay. Whoa, are we... Is this a sex fanfic? <laughs> now, Genji was self-aware enough to acknowledge that in his misguided youth, he had been more than a little wild. He had sought all the pleasures of the body could offer without thought or repetence. I guess it is. And can, you, can you be a little more, like, sultry when you're reading this? You're very what straightforward. Is... I don't want to hear se- I don't want to hear sexy marks, okay? Okay, here, let me try I this I want to hear sexy marks. <laughs> and it was more than likely that during his shameless escapades, he had possibly regaled Hanzo with an anecdote or two more than he would have liked to have heard. Okay, a lot more than one or two. 
But what was a stiff older brother good for if not for riling up? There's a lot of typos in this, so I'm trying to read through this a as quickly of, as I can. A lot of innuendos, too. <laughs> My dirty mind is going wild. <laughs> Still, there were things you never needed to hear your brother say, especially in a crowded cafeteria. And this was one of them. So at this point, I'm going to point out that like it's kind of like Overwatch High School, if you will. And I guess it's like lunch break. And so all the (laughs) cast of Overwatch is, like, eating lunch in the cafeteria. And so that's kind of the mental picture there. Okay. Genji, are you all right? He heard Mei ask from around a mouthful of her lunch. But he was too busy, awkwardly clamoring about, trying to keep himself from falling wholly to the floor while still twisting around to figure out what the actual fuck. A short ways across the room sat Hanzo. He already had a tray of food in front of him. But Hanzo was mostly prodding at it. His focus wholly turned to McCree. McCree, who was leaning against the table Winston and Anna were sitting at, tugging at his belt. I swear these pants aren't doing it for me, McCree was saying as he pulled at the jeans yet again, resettling them on his hips. Belt loops are too small, I reckon. Belt don't fit properly. It's pinching something fierce. And Hanzo. Genji watched Hanzo's eyes dip as McCree shimmied her belt in his pants unmistakably focusing directly on, oh God. Genji swore he could feel his brain short-circuiting. There was no way he was ever getting that image of his brother staring directly at McCree's wiggling, jean-covered ass out of his head ever again. (laughs) Oh, dear goodness. (laughs) Mark's your Western voice is better than your sexy voice. (laughs) Yeah, no, I know. (laughs) No. Worse than that, with Hanzo's words still crashing in his head like a klaxon, Genji realized he was never going to get rid of the mental image of McCree who had been all but a brother to him during his troubled years in Overwatch, and his actual little literal brother doing that out of his mind ever again. Completely so, obnoxious so to Genji, who was... Between the two of them. Pardon? Who's the top? Who's the bottom? Oh, I mean... Oh. I feel like McCree's I don't want the to bottom. Ma- I don't want to imagine that, but... No, no, Max, why don't you tell us? You, you got us here. <laughs> I think it's McCree. Think McCree's yeah, McCree's a cowboy. <laughs> He's a cowboy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, completely oblivious to Genji, who was currently resisting the urge to dry heave some distance away from her, Anna just shook a fork at McCree's ever-constant, ever-garish belt buckle and told him, some people may consider this a sign to get a different belt. McCree just snorted. Nah, nah, the pants just have to go. Can I just say, never in my <laughs> real life has anyone been concerned for me about a belt. <laughs> like who goes around going to people putting holes in, uh, putting their hands in people's belts it's super weird who does that I've had a girl do it to me a couple times why <laughs> do, do I have to tell you <laughs> I, I can use my imagination a little bit okay I apologize but still like does anyone if you're sitting at an Arby's Mac is anyone going to use like hey nice belt I, that's a good point yeah <laughs> Damn that belt, son. Um, Okay. Please, muttered Hanzo into his curry, and Genji felt his eyes bulge, darting immediately back towards McCree to see if he had heard. He had to have heard. Hanzo was only a table away, and he wasn't talking quietly, and... And he was speaking Japanese. Genji? Mei said again, tapping at his shoulders. Ah, right. My apologies, Mei. My brother was just saying something funny, he said, turning back around. He neither felt like playing witness to whatever weird, repressed game his brother was currently engaged in, nor did he feel like being caught playing witness. Oh, does he know how to do that? She asked 
with mock sincerity that made Genji chuckle. No, best to put whatever that little exchange was entirely from his mind. And that's where I'm going to stop on that one because this, you can kind of uh, imagine where this is. This one's going. <laughs> I'd like to, I'd like to hear bit. where it's going. <laughs> no, no, I'm no, invested. No. <laughs> invested in I'll send story. you the link afterwards. Um, it's it's a whole thing, and this is only chapter one. Um, I'm not actually how, sure how, how many chapters. How many there. chapters? What? In chapter I'm one. Not. This is only chapter one. <laughs> so how many chapters are? Let's let's skip ahead to like chapter four. No, let's see, let's see what's going on there. There's ten chapters in this one. I just looked the it. first seven chapters are all about a belt. <laughs> <laughs> They're gonna go through the origin story of the belt. This one was made in the, yeah, in he, the finest factory of Levi. McCree just goes pants shopping for about six, seven <laughs> chapters. Yeah, that's, that's what it is. He goes to every shop. He sees Reaper along with him. Oh, you should buy a cloak. Uh, that's all. <laughs> That's all it is, man. It's just a belt for a stupid Also, belt. I'm, I'm just going to say, I scrolled down for the rest of this chapter, and it is definitely not about the belt anymore. <laughs> it's not all right. The belt's off. Okay. The belt's right. off. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> this is um, another one that I kind of found. And this one is a little bit more like an interesting thing. I, I really liked this one because this has a lot more like character interactions, and it's like... <laughs> Especially, too, as someone who plays Overwatch, you have all these characters, but it's kind of cool to see how people imagine these characters inter- interacting with one another. And, and also, Winston's in this one. Oh, in, in, in this one, are they talking about a scarf? Um, no, they're talking about socks. I will let your Oh, you've got to be kidding me. <laughs> what, what is with this? What is, why are we no, talking kidding. about socks now? I okay. am kidding. Okay. I am kidding. Okay. Getting angry. Right. Hate feet. So, this one is called A Southwest Story, and this is written by Regularity. Um, so, so they're on an airplane, Southwest Airlines. Southwest Airlines, you got it. Uh, just to give a little bit of background here, um, this is a sequel to another one that this same author had written, where basically it follows May going on missions in Overwatch, and this is one of the this is her second mission out with Overwatch now, and so she's a little nervous because you know still kind of new to this, but here we are, um, and before and. Before what the fuck am I saying? You just had a stroke. Without further ado, I did just have a stroke. Without further ado, here is a Southwest story. Before further ado, <laughs> fuck off. Go ahead, Marks. <laughs> I mean, it is your words, so it, words hard. Okay. Entry forty-one, January twenty-eighth, twenty seventy-six. Winston approved the new mission, and he is coming along for the ride. I had hoped he would take command, but he is refusing to let me back down when it is my mission. He is an aggravating leader. He also says we will be meeting an old contact, but wouldn't say who. I have suspicions, but I'm afraid for it to be true. Between Brigitte, Winston, and myself, we managed to scrape together enough salvage from Eco Point and Atar- Atacama wow, that was hard, to create a new mobile sensor station. Snowball's operating system controls it, and it will hopefully allow us to collect localized data in the region of Texas we are going to. It is winter in Texas, but the temperature map still shows it is above freezing. I'm worried about commanding Faria. Last mission, we were acquaintances, but now, what if I make a bad call because I'm afraid to put my friend in danger? What if I second-guess myself and put her in more danger, trying to prove I am not biased? I don't think leadership comes easy. Though perhaps it will be nice to have Reinhardt ignoring... Perhaps it will be nice not to have Reinhardt ignoring orders because he got too excited about fighting. Max, I think you can uh, relate on that hey, one. No. Reinhardt main right there. I'm the best Reinhardt in the world. Thank you. Well, <laughs> uh, I don't know about that. You know. <laughs> okay. 
The team descends the ramp on the outskirts of Wheeler, Texas. Long since abandoned, there isn't much to look at in this flyover region. Winston helps May unload the sensing equipment, which May thinks isn't exactly mobile so much as movable. Dr. Ziegler and Freya have yet to don their armor. The weather is nice, a dry, crisp 5 degrees Celsius with a good wind. I don't know how fi- how much 5 degrees Celsius is in Fahrenheit. Sorry, friends. Oh, I'm on it. Um, I think okay, it's like 40-something. Cool, 40-something. Okay. May pulls her blue Arctic parka's hood up, wondering if she should invest in some actual armor at some point. The mission should be less combat-oriented than the last, though. 41 degrees, by the way. 41 degrees, there you go. Uh, it's 40-something. The last should have been no combat-oriented, she reminds herself. It must be nice having all that fur, she says. Winston grunts, setting down the mobile sensor. It has benefits, but only in winter. I would not have liked being an Atacama, for instance. May's nose crinkles, thinking of the sweaty fur. And I bet choosing Vancouver as a new headquarters location had nothing to do with its cooler temperature year-round. Winston smiles. Taking out all of the political and tactical reasons why the West Coast in Canada is a good choice, yes. The weather is nice up there. Shout out, Canada. I like your Winston. Thanks. I'm really trying hard right now just to really immerse you. I, I, I feel like it too. I, I, I appreciate I enjoy like, it. Oh, this, this gorilla's talking to me. I, I like that, sir. That's good. That's good. That's good. Faria throws an arm around May's neck and whistles appreciatively. This is a very nice machine for a pile of exploded scrap. Also, Faria is Farah. Not sure if you made that connection. I had to Google this because I was very confused. Um, so yeah, Farah is Faria. May extracts herself from Faria's friendly gesture and coughs politely. Brigitte did most of the touching up. She's very upset she could not come and see it in action. I painted the designs, Winston says. Freer runs a finger along the pictograms of rain and clouds and tornadoes. They are quite good for finger painting. I used a brush, thank you very much. Rigite's voice comes over in the comms. Team Rocket Pop, come in. May grunts again, and Winston Team Rocket. Beams. Team Rocket? Is this a, is this a crossover? <laughs> Jesse and James? Pokemon showing up? <laughs> We're blasting off again! No, <laughs> I wish. Um, Meow. <laughs> Dude, what if they capture, what if they throw a Pokeball at Winston? That, that's, that's what, <laughs> this is how they finally catch Pikachu. They had to call the Overwatch team. <laughs> Holy uh, shit. Just imagine that popping up in the What if, what the if Pikachu's like, inside Winston's little uh, electric gun? Oh, that's it. That makes all sense. He's, he's in a generator spinning a hamster wheel, and, he's, and as he's doing that, Thundershock is coming out of this little gun. It Brilliant. all makes sense. It connects now. And then you know how, like, Winston has to reload his gun? That's actually Pikachu getting a Poke Snack, which rejuvenates his electricity. Oh, no. Uh, no, no. This is a violent thing. He's, there isn't a whip inside. Yeah, no. He just, when he's reloading, he's just, like, smacking the gun against, against the gun. He's like, work harder. That's right. <laughs> It's like it's like a gorilla owning a cat and then eventually gets bored with it, so he eats it. That's what he's doing with the rat. That's what he's doing with Pikachu. Jesus Excuse Christ. <laughs> look, look, animals are vicious, okay? Oh, the gorillas don't uh, eat. The gorillas don't want. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Okay, all right, we're getting off topic here. Team Rocket Pop, come in. May grunts again and Winston beams. That name. May reporting in, she says. Frostbite, Winston says. Code names over comms, remember? May glares. Frostbite reporting in. We touch down and are unloading the climate gear now. Wheels up in ten to meet wind. She hesitates. Singes contact. Winston nods. 
She has no idea what Zinge refers to, but Faria laughed and clapped Winston on the back when he announced it. Maybe an old movie reference? Faria loves pre-millennial movies. May asks, HQ, any chatter or sign of trouble? Brigitte says, none so far. Hey, what are you? Team Rocket Pop, Reinhardt says with his usual loud bravado. Good luck on your weather watching today. I hope you kill many clouds, Snow Queen. We are not killing clouds, May says, but there is a brief scuffle on the comms and Brigitte scolding Reinhardt. He should have said prepare for trouble. I make it double. <laughs> That's right. Beat me to it. If a Brigitte, I'm just saying. <laughs> the hamster's meowth. I'm just saying it right now. I don't, what's the hamster's name again? Hammond. Uh, Hammond. Hammond? Yeah, he's clearly meowth. Hammond the hamster. <laughs> Hammond the hamster. What's this robot called? Is it Wrecking Ball? What do we call it? Wrecking yeah, Ball. Wrecking Ball. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. He is getting antsy, Brigitte says. If he'd just stop treating me like I'll break, if he leaves me alone for two seconds, maybe he would be out with you instead. HQ, copy that, May says in size. Team Rocket Pop, over and out. While May and Winston finish attaching the mobile cart to the rover, Angela and Faria go off to get into their armor. Also, Angela, Mercy, just so we know that as well. Oh, okay. Code names, man. I'm telling you, they're, they're confusing. Winston... Can I ask you a question? Of course, May. How am I supposed to deal with commanding friends in combat situations? Ah, Winston stands to his full height and on two legs, stretching and scratching at his chest. I'm pretty sure this is an emote in Overwatch, but that's okay. <laughs> that is a difficult question, and the answer is probably not one you will like. May waits, configuring the mobile sensor. Snowball is in sleep mode right now, waiting for the machine to activate. It will use more power than normal, and they need Snowball for the entire duration to control the data collection. Faria is a soldier, first and foremost, Winston finally says. She will do as she is directed, and until it will endanger the lives more than herself. It is difficult to know the bounds between favoritism and fear of harm. It is a struggle to be in a combat situation with a friend, where you are equals in all of your aspects, your relationship normally, and suddenly to be in a position of authority. It strains some relationships, like Jack Morrison and Gabriel Rees. That's a soldier and reaper. Gotcha. It strengthens others, like Brigitte and Reinhardt. At the end of the day, if you are going to be a leader, you will need to lead, even if she disagrees, and deal with any fallout after. I was afraid you were going to say that. She hadn't considered the strain from Freya's side. Well, what if I make a bad call and she get hurt? Or others get hurt because I was trying to protect her. Faria and Angela come out of the dropship wearing their respective armors. Faria and Angela come back out of the dropship wearing their respective armors. Faria's bronze armor blends in well with the surrounding beige and rust, while Angela's Valkyrie armor, white with glowing wings, stands out like a sore thumb. They appear to be two sides of the same coin. One harms, the other heals. As Angela is not much older than Faria, their recollections of the original Overwatch may overlap more than Faria and any other active member. I had to read that. That sentence structure doesn't make any sense. Classic fanfic, am I right? Yeah, classic. <laughs> <laughs> Got him. Um, Winston says quietly, If you're thinking about it now, you'll know better how to handle it when the time comes. For now, it might be a good idea to set expectations with her. Be the leader she expects and needs you to be. May nods. Faria, a quick word? May asks as the pair approach the rover with the cart attached. 
Freya nods and spares a stoic smile for Angela and Winston, and May leads her off towards the dropship, which is closing up in preparation of them being gone. Are we having a serious conversation? Freya asks. Maybe. I just wanted to talk to you as the leader of this mission, and not as May as your friend. Oh, if you're worried it'll get between us, you telling me what to do now that I've seen you sing at karaoke? You don't have to worry about that. May's face reddens, and she says, I'm not. I just wanted to say that I want it to work. We can still be friends and still get along as commander and soldier. You're a commander now then, huh? Faria teases. You know what I mean. I do. You've seen me on missions, May. No nonsense. I save that for the after party. Good. Because I would hate to see our friendship suffer because one of us could not handle the mission dynamic. Man, these accents are blending together in my head. This is this is a tie break. Yeah, I, I don't know. <laughs> Sometimes I don't know who you're talking uh, talking as. Right now, I'm just trying to do with uh, Farah the lower voice and May the higher voice and something in between there. Cool. We've got this, May May. Once I put on that helmet, you're just the boss and I'm just the eyes in the sky. If only it is that easy, May thinks. She's not used to her nickname yet, but she feels warmth blossom in her chest whenever Faria says it. We got this, Riha, she says. Faria puts on her helmet, lowers the visor, and salutes. Ready to fly, Frostbites. Make a quick circuit to be safe, Farah. Faria nods and rockets up into the clear blue sky. May grabs her sunglasses, the ones designed for Arctic snow blindness. She wears sunglasses? She does wear sunglasses. But Did you know... Fun fact, you can get sunburned in the winter when there's a lot of snow and ice. Yeah, I, I, I think I know that. I mean, the ice is not meant for the skin. I mean, yeah, it's like it's dry ice. <laughs> no, because it's, uh, what do you call it? The, the UV actually reflects off of snow and ice. And so you can, like, it's even easier to get sunburned if you aren't, like, if you're just exposed out in the sun while it's snowy and icy out there. Yeah, I, I can believe it. I can believe that. I mean, Max, were you going to weigh in with something? No, I think that's true. Science. This is the science portion of the podcast. Oh, that, that, I didn't know we were doing science too. I'm Listen, not science all the time. We're always doing science. No, that's not true at all. We're not always doing science. <laughs> okay. Make good decisions, Mei Ling Zhao. Keep everyone alive. Angela waves Mei over to the rover and says, "Winston tells me his contact is meeting us at the cafe just down the street." Mei nods. The mission is really starting now. Call signs only over comms and in the presence of non-overwatch, she says. Roger that, Frostbite. I will stay behind and watch it over the rover. May glances at Winston for confirmation, and Winston just stone faces her. All right, then. Farrah can maintain the perimeter from above. I'd rather not split us up more than necessary until we know the layout of this mission. Angela nods. Let us go meet this contact, then. Winston leads the way over to the cafe his plates of armor shifting as he walks. There is no one around, no cars on the dusty street, no people under shaded porches, nothing but a place that people used to be. Except for the lone hoverbike in front of the cafe, everything has an air of dusty disuse. May sneezes when some dirt whips up from the wind. The breeze creates a slight whistling, and this reminds May of the howling blizzards in Antarctica. She says, Farah, report in the comms. Not even the buzzards want anything to do with this place, Faria responds. Only thing that's moving is the dirt. Keep an eye on the dropship and rover. Zinj, anything on the scanners? Winston shakes his head. 
One sign of life in the cafe, some smaller life forms creeping around, but nothing more dangerous than a scorpion. I don't like scorpions, Angela says. Any creature that can kill you with its tail is not to be trusted. May ignores that and inspects the hover bike as they pass. It is dusty, but recently ridden, with dirt tracks where its rider walked inside the cafe. Tracks with a curious divot behind the boots. This says it is the deadlock gang, May says, observing the paint job. Are we meeting a criminal? In the strictest sense of the word, yes, Winston says, but we can trust him. You'll see. May isn't so sure, and in the future she is not going to allow members of the team to hold back secrets for some sense of drama. Not even Winston. I'm going in, Winston says, pulling his Tesla cannon loose and looping, lopping in on one big gorilla fist. A bell rattles lifelessly as he opens the door inward and waves May and Angela forward a few seconds later. May steps in, removing her sunglasses as she walks into the darkness, waiting for her eyes to adjust. You know, that's good. Don't wear your sunglasses inside. Don't be that guy. That's uh, just a personal Marcus note right there. <laughs> I, I, I'm that guy during work, honestly. I think it's cool. I, mean, I leave my other glasses inside my car, and then I have my sunglasses while I'm working. So I'm going to be outside the majority of the time, so I'm going to wear it inside. You know, we we were just talking about Pokemon, and as both of you said that, I had the surprised Pikachu look on my face. I <laughs> really, really. <laughs> I'm just not, oh, look, boy. like I keep Why my, my friends like I'm outside. Like I'm sorry, you're lame. The time of my job, so I'm not going to take lame. them off. I'm just, just going to leave them on. And they're also prescription. Sensical. I don't know. There's another word there. Whatever. Less In than the radical. Cafe. What? What? <laughs> okay. In the dim cafe, lit only by the dusty sun shafts, raking in through broken blinds, sits a man with a cowboy hat tipped over his face. Oh, that's McCree. I know I know McCree when I hear him. He appears to be snoring, and May does her best to keep from squealing with delight as she recognizes him. When Angela walks in and sees him, she gasps. Jesse McCree, as I live and breathe. He grins and tips his hat back. A ruse, then, pretending to be asleep. May can't believe it's him. He says, that voice is familiar. Ain't I killed you before? And that's where it ends. <laughs> that's it? That's chapter one right there. There's no talk about a belt? <laughs> no belts, nothing. Um, this there one is actually go. currently ongoing. Right now there are six chapters written. So I'm. if you want to hop into this one, then yeah. All that minim suspense. Minimal sex. Minimal sex. You know... All all that I was worried. All the suspense of, of the mission and uh, my leader, and it's just Jesse McCree. Hello, howdy, and that's it. Like, man. But you know they're gonna get up to some shit now because this is what it all. Well, pops I'm not. Off. I'm not gonna hear that now because the chapter's over. Well, Dave, what do you think about fan fiction now? You want to read what's gonna happen, don't you? No, not anymore. No, not anymore. I mean. You know, it's like that. It's like the season finale of Walking Dead, where the or uh, where's this guy Negan shows up? He's about to bash someone in the head, and then up oh, season's over. We gotta wait six months now. <laughs> I hate that. They waited for six months to figure out who died in the Walking Dead. It's, it was like six months. It felt like an eternity. And then when you got the when you got the answer, you weren't satisfied with it. It was like a, almost a bait and switch. Hated. Wait, didn't they bat... I don't know if this is spoilers, but like, this is a while ago. I don't care. It's been three years. It's spoilers. They first killed Abraham, all right? The, the redhead guy with the goatee. And then all of a sudden, someone punches uh, Negan. And he's like, 
don't do that again, and blah, blah, blah. And then he smashes Glenn in the head with his eye popping out. It looks like a, it looks like a gore porn, which, it, and it was just uncomfortable. And after that, I was like, all right, that's it. No more. <laughs> and that's when you stopped watching The Walking Dead? And then, no, well, well and I then got, you continue. See, they got you. No, they got I, you, Dave. I watched they one more you. episode. I watched one more episode, and it's like, oh, it's the same thing. We're, we have to run for supplies and stuff like that. It's like five seasons of supplies. Like, do something else with besides supplies. I'm sorry. I mean, it also is The Walking Dead. They they kind of do that. But hey, what'd you think of this fan fiction? Overwatch. That was kind of cool, right? I can't believe I'm saying this. The first one about the belt was better. The first one was better. Really? <laughs> yeah, I was more invested. I think it moved quicker, too. It was just a... It definitely did. It did um, move quicker. Yes, exactly. See, to be fair, I was reading both of these on the bus. And so, like, after I read Chapter 1, because I just kind of just banged it out all in one thing i was like man i kind of want to read this next chapter and so that's why i was like oh this is kind of cool but then yeah the first one is a lot more about a romance marks you're and you're an intellectual apparently thank you max <laughs> were you trying to insult him i'm very confused no i could tell just, dave you and me we like the uh, nitty-gritty stuff <laughs> Yeah, you like I, the romance? <laughs> I don't like the romance, but at least I was like, the belt, it's different. I never heard anyone looking at someone's belt. I mean, yeah, no. I mean, the, it got was pretty, pretty obvious that that was supposed to escalate into something else, right? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe they're a bunch of fashionistas. I don't know. I mean, something like that. Well, hey, if you enjoyed listening to us talk about fan fiction for Overwatch and to discuss that, uh, check out our podcast. We're called Absurdist News, and we basically just do um, uh, two truths and a lie with news articles, where one of the articles is fake news. More like four truths. More like four truths and a lie. Well, all right. Geez, way to get into semantics there. Oh and my we, gosh, really? I'm trying to give the people the information in our podcast, and you're sprouting out lies. All right. Yes. Well, I'm not sprouting lies necessarily. I'm just using the form of analogy, which Why is also a sprouting. Great tool. It's spouting. Is it spouting? Yeah. Is that sprout? Sprout. Spout? I think Max is right here, and I might just be a dumbass. Sprout? Cool. <laughs> All right, I, I'm, like I'm okay with you being dumb. Plant thing. Well, shit. Okay. Well, anyways, uh, thank you to Alex and Ryan for letting us guest host this episode of Suck My Fanfic. And, uh, yeah, keep listening to them because they actually got me into fanfiction a little bit. Um, otherwise, okay, so what they usually do for Suck My Fanfic is they have this, like, very intellectual, like, final statement that they read out at the very end. And so I tried my hand at writing something intellectual here, and I want you guys to listen to it, and you're going to give me your feedback after I read it out, okay? All right. Regardless of who we are or what we might be doing, there is one inescapable fact. That is, we are always a part of a team. Missions can be difficult, whether it's completing a task for Overwatch or even three friends agreeing on a time to record a podcast. But one thing remains. Trust and respect for one another can ensure things go well. And as May takes her shot as being a leader and trusting her team, it's going to go shit. I actually mistyped it and it, I accidentally deleted that. So there goes my intellectual statement there. Wow. It started really strong. <laughs> <laughs> I and then it petered really off. You, you lost confidence. <laughs> well, can I have it? I have an intellectual quote. Can I say an intellectual quote? Hang on. Go there's more. I, I do have a Mark, final line here that you're, I wrote. You're done. You're done. Can this I is about teamwork. It's Dave's time. It's Dave's All right. Here we go. You ready? <clears throat> All right. I, I thought about this. Here we go. 
life sucks and then you die. How's that? Is that pretty good? I think it's pretty good. I think mean, that's pretty good. It's pretty good. Intellectual right there. <laughs> you come up with that yourself? I came out all by myself. Well, that's pretty clever. And you know what? No misspellings. No mispronunciations. No, you're that's just better than 99% very... of the fan fiction I read about Overwatch. So yeah, you're right. Very Woo! clean, well enunciated. Yep. Short yep. and to the point. But there is one more lesson that is to be learned from fan fiction. And that is McCree's pants and belt hides something fierce. Dude, McCree's got an ass, bro. <laughs> he does. He has a padunkadunk. It's he got all some in, in that trunk. <laughs> His revolver shoots something, if you know what I mean. Jesus. Are you happy to see me? Or it's, is that just your revolver? <laughs> it's quite It's quite the six shooter. Did I go too far there? <laughs> no. Think, no? All right. It's not firing blanks, if you know what I mean. He's a dead eye in the sheets. <laughs> oh, oh! It is locked and loaded. 